Do it again. Of all the gin joints in all the towns in all the world. You're listening to Drinks, Jokes, and Storytelling. A martini, shaken, not stirred. Don't try and church it up, son. You can't handle the truth. I am big. The picture that got small. Your first one's on us. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Drinks, Jokes, and Storytelling. I'm your host, Mark Rickadon, <laughs> and with me as always... Richie Byrne. Your producer, Soul Joel. Nice. And we, uh, we're back. We're back. We have a very special guest. Yes. We, we got to come up with new ways to introduce people, because we say we have a very special guest every week. That was the joke. Uh, every single <laughs> week is a very special guest. This is a cool guest. <laughs> so much for stroking our guest's we ego. Actually have, we actually have a funny story for our guest. Yes. Yeah, you're going to get a kick out of All right. But he's here right now. Give it up. Mark DeMeo. Come yes. on. Yes. Mark DeMeo is in the house. So Very exciting. What's up, everybody? The way uh, we start. The way we start every show. We start out with a joke. Drink. Well, first, we start with the drink. So, uh, if Mark, if I could pour you a drink, what would you like right now? I'm a bourbon guy. Oh, yeah? Yes. Yeah. Makers. Makers. Probably Mark, makers. Yeah. Um, Bullet, bullet is good, too. Yeah, like well, I'm, not, I'm a scotch guy. I can't do bourbon. I can't do a scotch. I don't weird? like the smell. It makes me crazy. Really? Yeah. I but mean, if you give me a bottle of scotch, I'm going to have to, I'm going to drink it. You're going to make do. I guess I'll choke it down. I'll have to force myself. <laughs> I, I like Maker's. Specifically because when the bottle, when it first came out and that wax top with the bottle, I always felt like I was important. When you crack that wax, you are important. I feel like I'm Benjamin Franklin about to uh, embark on a new Sign the writing. declaration. If Working you're ever in Kentucky and you want to visit the the plant, the distillery where they make Maker's Mark, you can buy your own bottle and, and do the wax thing yourself. Really? On the way out, they have the wax thing there. You dip it in there. Have you done that? No, but I, I've watched the YouTube. Video. <laughs> Mark, I'm going to do it as soon as I get to Kentucky. I've, I've watched the YouTube video. Yeah, there's a ton of them. Same, Same thing. There. Everybody does it. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a cool, it's a cool thing. It's very cool. And do you have a joke? Do I have a joke? Yeah, man. You guys caught me off guard. But we I love street jokes. Okay, so here's a street joke. Um, Jewish guy goes to uh, federal prison for embezzlement. And no. He's, he's really nervous while he's there. And uh, you can tell he's nervous. And uh, one, and there's another Jewish guy also in the prison there, federal prison for white-collar crime. So he comes up to him, and he says, Hi, my name is Moish. What's your name? And the guy says, My name is um, J- uh, David. And they shake hands, and he says, I notice you look a little nervous. I want to take some pressure off you. Don't worry. You're going to be fine here. The guy says, Really? Trust me, you're going to be fine. Like, every day of the week, there's something different going on here. Like Mondays, for example, you like uh, you like music. I love music. Since it's a federal prison and we're all got money on the outside, we get bands to come in here, and they play for us. Real bands like Aerosmith will come here, <laughs> and afterwards they'll teach you how to play the instruments. They'll take you through the songs. It's a really really nice thing to do. Every Monday there's a new band here. He goes, you like you like playing sports? I love sports. He goes, every week we play another sport. Maybe it's softball in the summer. Maybe it's we throw the football around, but we get professional players here. They come in, they show us how to do it. You like that? Yeah, yeah, I love that. I kind of want to go to prison. How's about, <laughs> how's about movies? You like the film? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we got a director that comes here, a famous director. Every single week, 
we watch a movie, we talk about it, how he made it, and then we do our own acting scenes for him every once in a while. Oh, my God, that's great. Thursdays. He goes, yeah, yeah, what about Thursdays? He goes, are you gay? He goes, no. He goes, you're not going to like Thursdays. <laughs> <laughs> That was a good one. Good. It almost took up the whole show, but it was a good one. <laughs> I'm lucky I got it off. It's probably the best I, t- I ever did it. Are you gay? <laughs> You're not going to like that. Uh, so, much. so I first met Mark. Um, we actually were auditioning for a show. Um, it was uh, it's Scoring. Not Which one? Scoring. It was uh, Spanky, Tom Cotter. Uh, one of the producers was a guy named Pete Demas, and it was uh, a what show we... about picking up girls. Oh, okay. And really, <laughs> and the two of you? <laughs> this was a thin Mark Riccadonna. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's going to lead me to say how I met Mark, but we'll let you go first. Oh, that just uh, him and I were up, uh, we were, went in together and we're hanging out, and I think you broke your arm. Oh, is that when I had the, uh, yeah, I, I, tore my li- I tore my bicep. Yeah, and so he was in a full big, cast. Big cast, yeah. I don't remember that audition, but well, I, obviously I didn't get it. Well, we went in, and they were all like, dude, Mark is the man. And uh-huh. they loved you, and we were all just sitting around telling jokes. I mean, and that's stuff. what I, I do. I didn't even know I, you. That's, that, that was my job for my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> Scoring. So, <laughs> so um, You're hot. I'm, okay, I, I met DeMeo through, uh, through Giannis Pappas. And uh, like most of my comedians, it was a referral and tore the room apart. So I went back the next week and I went to Giannis. I go, man, DeMeo, what a great guy. And he goes, you met him? <laughs> he, he goes, he's a really nice guy, but I really wouldn't call him a good dude. <laughs> no, no, he said, he said, he said no. He, he did, must, did I mess it up? Yeah, you uh, messed up the story. <laughs> he said, you said DeMeo's a great guy. And he, and Giannis said, DeMeo's a really... No, no, you said DeMeo's a good dude. And, and he said, no, DeMeo's a great guy, but I wouldn't call him a good dude. <laughs> yeah, you did. You totally <laughs> fucked that up. I like that. I, I don't... You know, that... that I was, like, that's a great description. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. He nailed it. Spot good on. Dude, not a great guy. <laughs> Spot on. <laughs> now, you got your own DeMeo story. Yeah, I do. Which, uh, yeah, but first nervous. let's talk yeah. about what he did before he became a comedian. Right. So Because he, that leads into my story. Which uh, I was a cop. I was a New York City police officer for, for 20 years. For 20 wow. years. How about that? Ah, that's amazing. Now, did you start comedy after you retired? Or no, 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 no. I did it the whole time. Almost the whole time. I did it for 15 years as a cop. I kept really? thinking, man, you know, I'm going to quit as soon as I become famous. And the next thing you know, I'm eligible for retirement. <laughs> <laughs> Sad part is so am I, but yeah. I was never a cop. But no. <laughs> um, and, and he has his own uh, one-man show that he does called yes. 20 and Out. Yes. Yeah, but you've got money in the bank, Rich. No, oh, yeah, I'm loaded. Well, I'm loaded, but I'm you're doing all right. I mean, you're, you're making a living at I'm this. I'm making a living. I'm doing all right. Yeah, there's Thank a lot of Mark. people who trade places with you. No, man. I know. In a I heartbeat. Know. I know. I'll tell you a funny story. I was... Uh, I have a friend who was, uh, you guys know him, PR director for Dr. Oz. And uh, he used to say to me all the time, dude, you got to, like, figure out how you're going to, what you're going to do when this is over. Tim, Tim Sullivan. And, you know, you got you to gotta understand, you know, you need to get bigger in the business. You need to be bigger in comedy. And I'm going, you know, I'm not doing as bad as you're making it out. <laughs> so we went to Gotham one night, and five guys came up to me at one point or another I was with Tim and went hey man can you get me a gig like like guys who were like there and they, hey man any chance you get me 
a TV show? Can you get me? And I turn to Tim, I go, you see? Uh-huh. You know, it's, I'm, this is a pretty it's good odd, gig, man. man. It's yeah. all smoke and mirrors, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it is. So here's what happened. So you were a cop, and Mark and I did a show together recently <laughs> with, uh, with uh, who's Mike, Som- Mike Somerville. Mike Somerville. Uh-huh. And Mark had done this show before. It's this thing in, in ten years in a row. Bayonne. It was Not a ten thing. years no. in a row. No, no, but you ten set it up. Yeah. Ten years ago. Right, right, right. So yeah, you booked it. It was this gig in Bayonne, and in my mind, it's going to be either Mark Somerville, me. That's the order. This guy set it up. It was like what a private event. It was a charity. Yeah, event. it's charity in so Bayonne. I show up and they're already there, and the guy who's running the whole thing is. Uh, Sitting there, and, and I go, uh, he goes, oh, I'm glad you're here, because you're going on first. And I go, I thought he was joking. Uh-huh. He goes, yeah, you're going on first. And I go, I am? And they're behind him going, don't even try. Like, don't even try. And, uh-huh. and I go, all right. I go, don't, dude, uh, normally I close. Like, I don't care, but I, clo- I closed it. No, no, I, I got it all figured out. Mark's going to close, because he's been here before. And Michael's going to go second. You're going for it. Like, the guy, he goes, I do this every year, guys. I know what I'm doing. Like, right. And you're like, yeah, you do one show a year. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? But you know what you're doing. He's yeah. one of those guys. So he's he's got his head that I'm going first. Okay, I'm going first. Fuck it. You want me to go first? I'll go first. So he goes up, and he starts introducing. This is so First funny. he does time, and he bombs, right? Uh, of course. And then, <laughs> then he, goes, he goes, we got a great show. Uh, he's been here before. Blah, 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 Mark Riccadonna. And before Mark Riccadonna, we got Michael Somerville. But starting out the show, it's going to be great. We got this guy. This guy was a cop for 20 years. And he's got a lot of great stories about being retired New York City cop. And I'm like, who the hell's here? Uh Who else is on the show? Let's bring him up. Richie Byrne. And they play Hawaii 5-0. They play Hawaii (laughs) 5-0. And I go up and I go... I don't know what the fuck he is talking about. Like I'm in the worst mood now. I go, I've never been a cop in my life. And it took us, it took me a day. I think you figured out pretty quick. You and I were on Coastal. Um, oh, the website. The thing. website. Uh-huh. He read your goddamn bio. Oh. Picture, picture up, bio down, and he probably went the wrong way. Yeah, plus you look like a cop. Dude, so yeah, I know, know, dude, I'm like, I go, I played one on Law and Order once, but uh-huh. that's about the extent of it. So how funny this guy like had no idea who I was uh-huh. and didn't even give me the right intro. Well, and he I'm, he loved you as me. Yeah, I, <laughs> let me, can I tell you, Richie did the best Mark DeMello. I will tell you, you, you killed that night, my friend. Good, I'm you happy. killed. <laughs> they, they I probably have gotten. You will be getting returned. I probably got booked for, since that show. <laughs> <laughs> and somebody looked at me weird when I first Imagine got there. He doesn't how, look like that guy. But, but how okay. weird! I'm like, who was coming up? Like, I had no idea who he was talking about. I thought uh, there was somebody else there or something. That was yeah, fucking it's... weird. So what area did you work in New York when you were? I started out in, in Queens. Job. I worked in a precinct, and um, I, I learned quickly. I'm probably not going to like this, like doing regular um, <laughs> patrol. So joking around one day, I was like, uh, we were actually we were talking to a girl. <laughs> we were talking to a girl. She was leaning inside the car, and I was literally, you know, probably a, a second away from comfortably asking her for a number when a call comes out over the radio. And the veteran guy that I was with, he answers the call. He goes, we got to go. So I was like, well, it was really nice to meet you. And we said our goodbyes. We took off. We are on the way to the call. And I said, you know, this job would be great if we didn't have to answer these stupid calls. <laughs> <laughs> so 
And then, and you then he goes like to me. with comedy where I'm like, this would be the best job in the world if I didn't have to go on stage. Yeah, so then he goes to me, well, you should probably go to the task force then. Um, the task force was, um, every borough has one. It's like really big cops at the, t- at the time. They, they took big cops and you worked, you did crowd control. You didn't answer the radio. You just responded anywhere. What do you mean by big? Like just big in size? Anybody who was over six feet okay. tall. Uh, new martial arts or boxed, uh, played football, powerlifter. Yeah, we had all different type of guys. We had martial right. artists there. We had the strongest guy in the police department. He won Teenage Mr. America powerlifter. Uh, this guy John Sefcheck. Um, then we had uh, like boxers there. We had a guy who was on the football team there. Everybody was. It was the roll call was amazing. It was everybody's huge in there. So um, I, I, my uncle happened to be there too. So I just called up my uncle, and right before I was supposed to get out of the FTU, which is the training unit, um, I got transferred over there. So I spent years over there. Then I went to the Warren Squad, which uh, I got promoted to a detective in there. That was a lot of fun, knocking down doors and, and, and grabbing people out of their apartments and stuff. Really? Yeah, yeah. That was, <laughs> I can see. You name it, man. That, that was, must be a rush. That's though. the best I feeling. Mean, yeah. I look at guys sitting in a cubicle sometimes, and they're like, I can't believe you're a cop. I'm like, I, 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 can't, I can't believe you sit sitting. there all day, yeah. and you're on the computer. Yeah. I was f- running around. We were on rooftops and doing all stupid shit. You know, you're young, but that's what you want to do when you're young, you're yeah. running after people. And then I went into a detective squad, which I didn't like at all. Uh, it's just a lot of work, a lot of, lot of work, man. Cases keep coming. It's like, it's like you're in the post office, like with the mail. It's just your cases just keep coming, and you never seem to catch up. And then, thank God, I created this, um, this uh, a PowerPoint on how to catch bad guys off of social media because since I was a comic, I was using social media. Right. And uh, I knew how to use Facebook, and I knew how to use MySpace, and all these, uh, Mi Gente was uh, the case that led me into it. So I, I created this PowerPoint, and I started showing other detectives how to use it. And the chief of detectives heard about this. He asked me to come in and do it for him, and then he pulled me into work under him and teach every every detective how to really? use social media. Really? Yeah. Wow. Well, I never knew that. Yeah, we're talking yeah. about a very basic level. You know, but uh, I mean, what I knew was a lot compared. These guys knew nothing. nothing. We're talking about older guys. And I showed him, how I could, this PowerPoint showed him sitting down, you know, how you log on, we got to create a name, this, that, and the other. And ho- so many cases wound up, you know, now they use it you, on man. a daily basis. Wow, yeah. That's really that's cool. Yeah. Well, you know what's See, really I thought you did nothing. <laughs> no, 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 that's a Cleveland cop. So, um, <laughs> I, I think psychologically how wild it is that, like, when we're at a gig and I see Mark walking into a club, like, I'm at a gig and... DeMeo's walking through the door into the green room. How excited I am to see him. Like, oh, sweet. I fucking right. love hanging around Mark. Always has great stories. But he's funny. one of those guys where you go, oh, cool, DeMeo's here. It's going to be but a fun imagine yeah. Earlier that day, he was kicking someone's so door down, and they were going, oh, fuck, it's DeMeo. Sometimes it took a lot, you know, yeah, because especially like, listen, I got to get out of here. I got a spot. I'm going to take lost time. Like, I'm supposed to work till 1. I'm leaving at 10. My partner's going to cover for me, uh, you know what I'm saying? And right. Or I had a case that I was working on. I'm like, listen, I, I need to split. And uh, then you get there, and you're like, re- you got to switch gears real quick. You know what I'm saying? That's where you hit the, the bullet, the, the maker's mark. <laughs> Bring him. Let's go. Right. We need two in you because you really you got to change into this different person now. Right. Right, right. You're right. kind of like the exact opposite of most superheroes. You fight crime in the day uh-huh. and then tell <laughs> jokes at night. <laughs> well, and well, what, most superheroes do the crime fighting at night. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, and, and, and Richie asked if you had started comedy while you were a cop, but it's uh-huh. funny because you never know who's in the audience. You never disclosed that did. information or, or told those stories. There's a couple you... of weeks where I started doing cop stuff, and it was very, very early on in my career, and I decided. 
no, nah, I don't want to do it. It just, uh, I couldn't divulge everything. I couldn't just be myself. So I just was like creating material, you know, the way everybody else does. I couldn't use my main source. It was like fighting with your good, good arm tied behind your back. Right. Which probably made you a better comic in a lot. Yeah, I wrote a lot of topical stuff, you know, uh, everything that everybody, you know, tries to write. Read the paper every day and stuff like that and whatever was in the news. And it was it was fun. I still like to do it. It's just that, you know, as well as I do, those jokes have a short sh shelf life. Right. And um, they're just not as interesting as the cop stories. And I, I got to say, too, is uh, when you retired and you started doing the one-man show, I feel like... I, I mean, we all know you and everything, mm -hmm. but I feel like when you retired and did the one-man show, you really like took it to a new level. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I would agree well, with that. Uh, a lot of the a lot of goes to to my uh, my director, Peter Michael Marino. Uh, you can find him at the Pit. He teaches a one-man show. When I started taking his class, shout out to Peter Michael. Marino. Yeah, he's he's great. He he, he took me out of my shell, um, and he made me. It's it's amazing when you have somebody watching you do your stuff. And, and critiquing it. One-on-one. -on -one. Yeah, it's, it changes you, man. It, you know, uh, he's a little bit, he's theater. Right. Let's just say that. What you need. He's, and he's over the top theater. So when he brought me out of just <laughs> making me do half of what he does or a quarter of it made my performance so, so much better. So are you better. saying that he would like Thursdays in prison? <laughs> you know what's so funny is that that's, federal prison? That's the first <laughs> no, thing. Ask him. No, that's the first thing I thought about. Uh. <laughs> But well, I think it's interesting. I didn't mean to interrupt you, Mark. Yeah. I thought you, uh, when you were saying earlier about that you were almost got the girl's number, and you got, you pretty much got cock blocked by a crime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some bullshit, stupid <laughs> alarm going off somewhere. <laughs> I think you open up the best way to, uh, as an icebreaker. He's like, people want to know what I do now. He's like, I started smoking weed again. <laughs> I used that as an opener for a minute. Um, I still do the joke. It's kind of fallen way back. Right. You know, uh, it was good. I needed to get that off my chest. I thought it was cool at the time, but now it's like, you know, it's almost like I've been smoking pot now for six years. So, well, and, and you're like, and the, and the one guy you used to work with, he's like, oh man, that's awesome. Where do you get it? And you're like, I'd love to tell you, but you're a cop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have a friend who's a uh, customs guy, and, and he's going to retire soon, and that's all he. he 30 years or something. You, you got your feet up on the he, desk on a Sunday morning and reading the paper. Man, I can't wait. And you got, on the computer, you can pull up this thing. It's an app, and it tells you how much many how many days you got left. So oh, every yeah. day when you come into your computer and you bring it up, it'll tell you exactly where you are in your career. You got two years, 17, 17 days, six hours, and 45 minutes left. <laughs> oh, my And God. every day you, you watch the clicking down. You don't really start it until, like, you got two years left. If you do, you're an idiot. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to look in 10 years. Right. Yeah, that's torture. <laughs> you, you put it in good perspective, too. Like, you talk about, you're like, let's say if you don't, and you can explain it, but uh -huh. if, uh, if, if you don't do drugs, say, yeah. like, you love pizza. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Everywhere you go, there's pizza parties, people are eating pizza. Oh, my God, this is great pizza. I used to ask people all the time. I'd say, Rich, what do you do for a living? And then you'd tell me, and I'd say, you get drug tested? And you'd say, uh, no. And I'd say, you smoke pot? And you're like, nah, I don't really. I'm like, what a fucking like, yes. what an idiot. What are you, <laughs> <laughs> you don't get drug tested. You can smoke and you don't. It just used to drive me nuts. <laughs> I don't like the way it makes me feel. Shut up. Yeah, people say that, too. They're like, always like, oh, you know, I, I get paranoid. I say, you're not smoking enough. Yeah. There's a minute, there's a moment there between you're almost stoned and you're caught in between, like, uh, not being stoned yet, so you're, like, a little paranoid. Once you get stoned, no, you don't care about nothing. I think it's hysterical that we've been doing this show for almost 10 months, and we've had many, many comics on, and the first one 
to t- talk about getting high is the former cop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one else has mentioned no, it. No, no. Uh, mm. And you were thinking in this business. They talk about partying all the time. Well, we you know? They call it partying. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, I never, I never share my cocaine ever. <laughs> he would never know I have coke on me. Nobody would ever know. I go through so many lengths to look and appear like I am not wired. I, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I've noticed. I, I, oh, well, the only goal I want is like my my Lord's prayer is Lord, give me enough money to get high, not enough money to die. That's my goal. Because once you get too successful, you can just keep going to the bank. Yeah, like Robin Williams. But yeah, that's I mean, like, the, I just uh, want to have enough. I just want to have enough to share. I'm like, what are you guys doing? You want to do some bumps? Let's go. Like, <laughs> that's a, but then I think to myself, what would be the magic number? And I'd be like, <sighs> I'd have to have. What's uh, two eights is what? Like, like one eighth. I'm uh, an eighth. An eight ball. I'm not sharing. Because I'm like, I could spread this out the whole week. But <laughs> these are all jokes, folks. They're jokes. <laughs> Well, I gotta be honest, they went right over my head. I, I, I think it'd be funny if right in the middle of this he got arrested. <laughs> we, we got a call to Mayo's on the loose again. Uh, what were you gonna ask me? What made you go in, did was there a reason that you became a cop? Did you did you know you business. wanted to be a comic? You know what, it's odd because it was like one of those things where you reach a certain age, I grew up in a story, and then at some point the people that care about you they start whispering to you. Hey man, what do you got going on? And you're like, yeah. And then you're like, yeah, you should probably take all the city tests. You know, like they're giving you a hint. And like, yeah. you know, you're gonna wind up like everybody else. And um, I was lucky enough that I found the right girl. You know, and and she made me believe I could be better. And never forget, I used to live in in a, in a my friend's house. Uh, he owned the house, and I lived in the basement. We used to work together, and we used to go to the gym uh, before work. And I, every day I go up and get him. So this day he didn't come down. I went upstairs. I'm like, hey Peter, we going to the gym or what? And he was there with his wife, and he says, uh, give me a second. We're filling out uh, these papers. I said, so what are you doing? He goes, we're filling out applications for the New York State Troopers exam. So I said, do you have another application? And I filled out that application, and somewhere in my 19-year-old brain, I realized, uh, let me go. I, I knew the NYPD was hiring, too, so I did that, and I, I took every test that I could. I took a, the fire test. Plan. Yeah, I took all the city tests all around that time, and then they just happened to be the first ones that called. It was that simple. Well, you know, you got it takes like three years. I knew a guy back when I was a kid, and when they asked him if he ever did drugs, he said yes. Mm-hmm. And they were like, "Okay, we're gonna ask you again." Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had a thing with my driving. I, I had a couple of red light tickets, and that's how, like, I got held back six months because of a red light ticket. Just because that's the way they used to do it back then. They won't. And I had to write a letter. So the guy, you know. At telling him why I t- took this red light. And I said, well, you know, I was, I was running late for a class in school. And then the guy said to me, uh, read that again. And, 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 and uh, you know, my... Um, Grammar give you, was no, all... Like, no, the, no, they just did... Uh, that you're in a rush is not a good excuse. Oh, 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 oh right, right, right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The sun was yeah. shining. I couldn't really see it. I think you wrote the answer too soon. <laughs> yeah, I broke. I, I pressed on my brakes. But by that time, I was in the middle of the intersection... I, I couldn't go backwards because there was a car behind me. I couldn't reverse, and then uh, so that's why I, I crawl through the the light. <laughs> that's the story. <laughs> I crawled through the light, and it's training like I, this. I, I looked both ways before I went through the light. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. That's, that's now. So one. you, when did you decide I want to be a comedian? Was that always in the back of your mind, or did that come later? Or I was standing roll call, um, in the 102 one day, and. Uh, Where's the 102? It's in Richmond Hill. That was the first place I went to work right before I left, you know, with the calls and stuff. I didn't want to. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, 
and I remember listening to guys talk about how one guy's a plumber when he gets off of work, and the other guy's an electrician, and one guy does roofing, the other guy's an exterminator. Everybody always has that second job. Everybody had another job. I said, you know what, if I'm going to get another job, I'm going to get something I want to do. So I, I thought to myself, what is it that you really want to do? And I'm standing against this wall, roll calls over, and I'm just thinking to myself. Brick wall with I always, spotlight on them. Yeah. yeah. I always wanted to be an actor. That's funny. I always wanted to act. And, you know, I was always scared, too, too scared to tell the, peop- the guys that I was hanging out with as a kid, you know, my friends, that I wanted to be an actor because that wasn't the thing that we said no, right, to each other. You right, know what I'm saying? Right. We, when I was a teenager, we used to hang out on the corner and like leather jackets and T-shirts, you put a, your beer in the, in, in, the, in the snow just to warm it up. And the first one that got home was a pussy. You know what I'm saying? Right. And we used to play games like, you ever play this game when you were a teenager called, uh, what the fuck are you looking at? You ever do that? <laughs> you ever hang out in the corner and, and, and get no, wasted and start fights? This fucking guy yeah, 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 yeah. It's the same, same game. game. You just walk around your neighborhood looking for fights. So that's right. the way I grew up. So um, I forget the point of the whole thing. Why? Why you? <laughs> you just got so fired up. <laughs> why you went so acting? You, you, oh yeah, yeah. You so I was doing a second job. Yeah. So now I'm like I'm away from these guys. I can do my own thing, and I, I joined an acting class, and that was the happiest moment of my really? life. Really? Yeah. I really I thought about it. I said that's what I want to do, and then back then, what did you do? You, I, I think I might have even looked in the yellow pages. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I yeah, found yeah. HB Studios. I went to HB Studios and signed up for a HB class. Really? Yeah. I so studied HB. Still, two years I did there. Then I joined the 13th Street Theater Company. And then uh, I did a couple of plays there. I started doing well casting on TV. I got a guest starring role, two of them, and back to back. Yeah. And then I got so nervous because I, I was already married. I'm you know, going to have a child and... I thought I might have to quit this police department thing if this, uh, if this, yeah, yeah, I didn't know what to do, so I said, you know what, I'm gonna start stand up comedy. <laughs> and I don't want anything rank. to do with acting no more. I just wanted to do stand up, so I started that from the ground floor. And then, wow. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, after years of realizing you can do both, I started doing both. But. That's a really unique story. That seriously, like yeah. that's a little different than most people. I knew know. nobody. I knew I didn't know one comic in the city. And then before, you, that's why I tell people. What was time. your first time on stage? Uh, as a comic, do you remember? It was at Harry Hamburger Harry's for Hamburger um, Harry's for um, Gladys. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you know it's funny. You said I was on stage. I must have been talking too to loud Gladys. in the mic the way I'm doing now, because I haven't learned. But she and, <laughs> and I thought I was doing well. I couldn't feel my legs. I couldn't feel my my body. And the only thing I could know was that I was talking. And I must have been talking too loud because, or on the mic too close because she yells out from the back, um, you can pull the mic away from your face. <laughs> so I was like, okay, all right, okay, I'm sorry. And then I went and I pulled the mic down and I went and continued with my jokes and somehow I guess it, the mic came closer to my mouth again and then she yelled out from the back again, you're doing it again. And then I said to her, um, this is my first around. time. But I'm almost positive you probably should wait until after I'm done to give me a critique. <laughs> and that was it. She hated me ever since then. Are you serious? Yeah, she hates you. Never, I never. doesn't hate anybody. I, well, she hated me for saying that. <laughs> all these people, Warren Holstein and all, Dean Obidala and all these people were getting spots on the weekends. We all started together, and I wouldn't even dare ask Gladys for a spot on the weekend because I knew I wasn't going to get it. Wow. Imagine yeah. being worried about working Hamburger Harry's on the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> at the time, it was a spot, man. I'll tell you what. My first time on stage was at uh, uh, Minervini's place uh, in Long Island. Lighthouse? Uh, East. Uh, East. East side. East side. And um, 
my my best friend was in the room, and I was so fucking nervous uh-huh. that I did five minutes of material in like twenty eight seconds. Like, I, and when I come off, I go to my friend. I go, "What'd you think?" He goes, "I have no idea." He goes, <laughs> "You could have been great. Nobody could tell because I just flew through it, man." Good night. So scary. It's such a scary. Once you do it, though. You're, that's like, you go, hey, I fucking did that. Yeah, like, and then you say to yourself, I can't wait it. to do it again. Yeah. It's almost like going on a ride. Yeah. And then when you get off, like you were so scared to go on the ride, it's like, let's yeah. do it again, come on. And you, yeah. go, you run and all the way back yeah. to the beginning of the line, you stand in line and, again, you do it again. And you know, like when you're first starting out, if you suck, you're up all night because you sucked. Uh-huh. And if you kill, you're up all night because you killed. Uh-huh. There's no in-between. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I kind of miss that. Don't you? Like, I miss that... I, you hit a point, and it's a good thing. It means you're a better comic. But you hit a point where you don't really. You just go, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna do this. It's not gonna ruin your day. Yeah, yeah. I, this is what I'm gonna do. It's the same you way know? I felt when I moved to New York, and I realized that I didn't. The Pittsburgh Steelers didn't ruin my whole week if they lost anymore because right. I right, didn't right. give a shit. Right, because uh-huh. you had this. <laughs> I, I always tell young comics too that like when when they're telling me I killed the other night, I killed. I go when you stop noticing that you killed, that's when you're a comic. Uh-huh. When it when that's the point because that's the fucking point. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? yeah, you should do good every you know, time. Yeah, that's our job. Yeah, I don't. If, when you stop noticing that, then you're really actually on your way to something. You know. Yeah, it's you count different things too. Like you know, for me, it could be uh, they could have had a lot of fun, but if I I know if I was mumbling and stumbling and I messed up and I, my timing wasn't good, I wasn't I didn't my, I didn't feel like I was in it. You know, I'll get off the stage and I like in my head I'll be like, what the fuck. You know, it sucked, you know? Right. And then, you know, my right, girl right. be like, you know, she'll just, she'll be like, oh, that was really good, man. That was great. And I'm like, nah, that was horrible. Yeah. She's like, what are you talking mm-hmm. about? I'm like, nah, it was all over the place. Yeah. It was a mess. Now, I did, do that all the time. Did you release your podcast that you let me listen to? Is that uh, No, no, no. We we were looking for a home for it, and uh, we uh, we didn't look that hard. We looked at one place, and <laughs> I still, some still I want to do with uh, Bill. Yeah, it's Bill Cannon, a, he's great. He's a retired a great... member of the service as well. He was a homicide sergeant. Uh, he did like 26 years. When he came into the station house, it was the real deal, bro. I mean, that guy came in with a hat. He looked like Popeye Doyle, you know? <laughs> and uh, you just got nervous. You know, something happened, and, uh, you know, they called the serious guys in. He was a homicide sergeant in Manhattan North. That's a pretty prestigious position. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and he's the real deal. So we have a good kind of contrast, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, between, um, you know, even though I was a cop and a detective, I look at him, I'm like, what would you have done? <laughs> like, yeah. Well, the, the cool thing was, is so Mark has this podcast uh, record. You have a couple of them yeah. that I listen to. And it's amazing because what he does is it's basically like cop talk. Like it, you feel like you're in the locker room, but you have like a sideline guy who's Mark who speaks to the everyman like us and says, what the hell they're saying. Trans- oh, so he translates it. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I let them, oh, I I let them run a mark, and then what I'll do is, you know, it's something that we know how to do, but you wouldn't notice it. So but I'll go back. Like, that thing that you said about, that's hysterical. Mm-hmm. That, what was that? What does that mean again? You know what I'm saying? Right, it's right, okay right, right, for right. me, even though I was a detective, because I'm the dummy. Right. So, like, what does that mean? And then right. we'll get, we'll get, and then it's even funnier. It allows right. a guy like me, like, I love cops. I love cop movies. I love cop TV shows. If uh, I meet somebody who's a cop, I can't wait to talk to them and hear stories. It allows a guy like me to feel like they're part of the, the group for Yeah, that's the point. Like yeah, that's the, pro- that's the whole point of it all, is to uh, to let you in. 
on cop talk, you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. if there's something you don't understand, I'll, uh, I'll make sure. Because the guy that we had on, the one that you listened to, he, he just, he's so great. He's he animated. There's so many of these characters, but he's like one of the best. It's just a real dude, man. You know what I'm saying? Like right. a funny dude from the neighborhood who happens to be a detective right. and everything. He finds the humor and everything. Right. And Which I guess you have He's to not have. a comic, though. He's just no, a I don't funny even, dude. I don't like, even. you could hang out. Like, if I was with him hanging out at a bar, I'm going to shut up and listen to his stories. Right. But he knows how to trim the fat on a story and bring out the funny in it. Yeah, everything that he does is Everything's fine. Hey, he should be a comedian. Funny. It was all interesting or funny. What's the name of the podcast? It was called Off the Cuff. And it's still cool off the we cuff. We're it? still doing it. Um, we have it. We have our intro music. I'm looking to bring it back. Um, this might be a place that I'm going to consider right now. Yeah, I'm going to talk right. to you about the yeah. details and stuff like that. But it's something that has to be done. And every once in a while, like you know, I get like motivated to do it. You know what I'm saying? But I work so much, man. I work as a doorman. I work in the police academy as an actor. I do which I saw on TV. Yeah. What were you on? You were on something. It was the news thing. I think. Yeah. Um, I forgot. The, uh, the Duvois, whatever uh, channel he works for, he came there. He did CBS a story. Center. Yeah, w- he did a story there about what we're doing there, which is called crisis intervention tactics. And basically, we're teaching uh, police officers about different type of mental illness and how to be able to detect them and how to be able to, re- when you respond to those calls, by using, by understanding and be able to detect what type of mental illness it is. Then you have a couple of tactics you can try and use if somebody's. Um, suffering from PTSD or uh, suicidal or um, autism, you know? And a lot of times, you know, we'll have... So there's a different way to handle each situation. Yeah, I mean, autistic kids, they like shiny stuff. You know what I'm saying? And one time in during a scene, the cop was smart enough to be like, I noticed you're looking at my watch. Do you want to hold it for a little while? And, and, you know, it calmed the autistic guy down, who's an actor, by the way. Right, right. We act out the mental illness part of it. And then a lot of times we'll... Um, you should get Richie in. Yeah. <laughs> no acting. No acting involved method. Well, we, I was doing a show, and there was... We were doing a show. Actually, Joel and would be better was, uh, than Richie on that joke. A kid, about 16 years old, autistic kid, and after the show, he came up and he said to me, he shook my hand, he said, I want to let you know that I was laughing with you, not at you. Uh-huh. And at first I thought that was cute. Then I thought, well, you know, he's probably keen on other, like, and maybe he thought everybody else, maybe uh-huh. everybody else was laughing at me. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? I just thought that was funny. He's sitting there thinking, wow, this audience is full of assholes. Yeah, just John, making he's, fun he's, of this he's making fun of this guy. Well, the funny thing is, is you did that first show ever. It was you, me, and uh, Kevin Brennan, speaking of people oh, on the, the spectrum. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Kevin Brennan. <laughs> And so so he goes, he knew that you were on the show, and he goes, I think my material's too edgy. I think DeMeo should close it out. Uh-huh. So I'm on stage, and you and I are working together, and I, and I introduce Kevin Brennan. Nothing. So then I was like, all right. And then I, I go in and introduce, and I go, please welcome Mark DeMeo. So the audience has no idea what's going on. I introduce one comic, nothing happened, and then DeMeo comes up. And then all of a sudden, as soon as I, I get off the stage, we shake hands. Brennan's in the background going, did I just hear you introduce me? I'm like, yeah. You go, did you see me in the room? I'm like, no. But you said, I don't care what I said. <laughs> I go, did you see me in the room? I'm like, no. But you told me the mayo was gonna last. He goes, no. Until you see me in the room. What is this? Your first day? <laughs> <laughs> but it, I, I tell this guy all the time. You never remember the shows that go completely like right. Uh-huh. I'll never forget that weekend in Nantucket with That's you. That's my and, favorite weekend in comedy ever. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah man. It's it's me you and Sergio Chacon. Man, it was so many things that it, whatever could go wrong did <laughs> go wrong. <laughs> 
And, you know, like, just, uh, it was, you can't, there's so many memories in it. That hot room with the fan, oh, with bunk no. beds. Really? Me and my girl in the same bed. We stayed in a band house. It was 90 degrees. These guys jogging the next day. I took the guy to the beach. I was like, what are you kidding me? Let's go to the beach. <laughs> they wanted to go jogging, him and Sergio. Oh. It was a great weekend. I, I, you, we, you know, those are the weekends you never forget. We did Nantucket recently, the three of us, for Kevin Flynn. Uh-huh. And it was so funny because the night of the show, it was like an extra. Flynnie added a week for us. And they didn't get a really good turnout. And all he wanted to do was get the show over with, right? He's like, just do 10, just do 20, just get. And I just thought it was so funny. It was like, we came out here so Kevin Flynn could go to dinner with us. Like, there was, <laughs> the show was just not important at you all. You know what yeah. I think it was, though? I was thinking about this because I just listened to the old podcast where we just got back from there. I really think he just knew the show would be fine because with us it was going to be a you know easy home run like let's uh-huh. just get this thing done uh-huh. I know but, you yeah, guys don't he kill. Was so funny we'll go hit the restaurant grab uh-huh. right, go. yeah we're yeah. going to the restaurant we're, you know where we're going to? it's yeah. like we're after this we're going to go to this restaurant okay Kevin we got it but these guys I, I was paranoid with these guys because of how I let I had a plan uh-huh. where I was going to meet you where uh-huh. I was going to meet Sergio and I let Sergio derail mess, yeah. mess it all up so yeah. we end up hitting traffic in Connecticut missed the ferry had to get a hotel room in Cape Cod. It was a mess. You know that thing where you could judge judge your GPS? Yeah. Like you could say, okay, we're 90 minutes away, okay? Yeah. And um, the boat, the ferry is leaving in 60 minutes. It's pretty hard to make up a half hour in right. bumper-to-bumper traffic. Right. And Joe was trying to do it. He was going on his shoulder about 80 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, dude, there's no way you're going to make well, it. Well, I was hanging out the window with his bad. Maybe that five minutes. If you said eight minutes, I said, okay, we could we could eat that. He's we could make, make that up. up. Yeah. But you can't make up 30 minutes. It's, it's impossible. Sergio was uh, DJing, playing Juicy Jace. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When, that, when we went out, Joe was very, very big on the ferry. The uh-huh. ferry's leaving at two o'clock. We gotta be there. <laughs> so now I know. don't fool me so twice. Now, uh-huh. We show up at like twelve thirty, and the woman goes. We buy the tickets, and the woman goes, "You can put your bags over there." And Joe goes, "Okay." Uh, the ferry's at two thirty, so we should be back at two. And she goes, "Whatever." <laughs> she ain't give a fuck. She can give a shit. Like Joe's like way more into this than the woman. The ferry was fun. Yeah. The whole weekend was great, man. Yeah. You never I was like, look, Dave Matthews stayed here. And he's like, Yeah, great. It's a band house. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was rustic. It was definitely <laughs> rustic. <laughs> the best way to describe that house, rustic. Oh my god. Yeah, it was it was what you'd expect a band house to be, you know what I'm saying? Right. And uh, it was the middle of summer, it happened to be like ninety degrees that weekend, there was no air conditioning. Almost like in the studio. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Right it's now, starting yeah. to get a little warm in there. <laughs> The, uh, so where do people find you so they can come? I'm on markdemayo.com. Um, obviously, it needs to be updated, but I have a lot of clips on there. I got, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm going I'm not, through that. That's why I'm laughing. Markdemayo.com. And I'm um, on Facebook, Mark DeMeo, Instagram, and uh, I it welcome all friends It may fans. be me. When you go to see Mark DeMeo, you may get me instead, but it happens. Man. It happens, you know. <laughs> you you want to see a retired cop. If you want to see a retired cop, it might I'm going to go to a gig one day, and they're like, thank God, you know, we need a good Irish Catholic for this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, oh, I, I was, we got I'm not Irish. Warm up from Dr. <laughs> Oz, but yeah. I'm not Irish. He's going to come so, up here and tell us about Dr. Oz. Are you, uh, are you thinking of bringing back the one-man show? Yeah, I'm going to do I a am? 2.0 version of it. I, I got a bunch of new jokes for it. Um, I'm going to include some, you know, 
Well, political things, you know, might take on it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, not too over the top. Uh, it's, you know, clever stuff. Not and leaning then, uh, too hard, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's impossible fun. to like not mention and you know anything that's going on nowadays. Yeah, and I, I mean it has to be tough because it's a it's a we're in a very liberal uh, profession. Yeah. Doing comedy and then being a cop, it has to be a little tough with. You ever get your balls busted like in the green room about? any of the political or social issues? You know, if you go digging for a fight or an argument, you can always find one. It's not what I choose to talk about when I go out. Yeah. If you want to have a conversation, we could have a conversation. But um, He's trying to fight me. No. It's, <laughs> not, it's not what I... Yeah, I'd rather just be friends with everybody. Exactly. It, believe me, though. You know, there's definitely some undercurrents and there's some, there's some people sometimes. that make assumptions that they probably shouldn't. They, they, you know, they. I, I stay clear of posting anything on Facebook that isn't related to a show I'm producing or some funny meme that yeah. has nothing to do with anything. Because yeah. people so make I, judgments and so assumptions, and you know. I don't understand these guys who get into these political tips on Facebook. And well, especially yeah. if you're a Trump supporter, because if you're a Trump supporter, just, just you could just be quiet and, yeah. and be in the cuff and laugh. You don't. Why would you even want to argue with somebody? Because you're your winning right now, and you can't you can't yeah, be winning anymore. In. Every day, it's another freaking. It's the yeah. same way I feel about New England Patriots fans. Like, yeah, it's like Yankees <laughs> fans. We make fun of Mets fans. It's like, oh, yeah, relax. Really, you we had I mean, we had to, we beat right. you Friday, and it was fair and square. Let us have a day, a moment. <laughs> so now, we suck. now we know you root for the Mets. Yeah, I'm a Mets fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a Mets fan. Giants or Jets? Jets. Wow, you really have fun. Yes. Dude, the, uh, the thing I loved Jesus. about it, Mark let me preview his podcast to give it a listen. And I got to tell you, just the, it, it's, a, it's an audio art form. But you guys' voices with the accents and the timbre and the different ways, you can just picture these characters yeah. sitting around. And it's like a, a, a cartoon, like a Sunday morning cartoon. I picture these cops like in a steam room just busted on each other's yeah I want to do something where I get it up on its feet and move it around the way I did with the um, with the uh, the web series thing Um, oh yeah 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 because it helps the cops too don't forget like uh, a lot of these guys they're they're really funny but then you put a mic in front of their face and And they you know they're like uh, it's a whole different beast so it's a question of getting the best out of these guys so you get them out of the studio you get them in a car you drive them around to where the crime actually happened or we stopped to get something to eat where they used to go eat uh, and you know you get you get better stuff out yeah. of them. So it's I'm trying to That's figure cool. out a way to do that. Yeah, I've met yeah. so many cops, and I always go, "Can I do a ride along?" I'm uh-huh. not, I don't have a uh-huh. part or anything. I just want to fucking. That's what we do. We do it. You know, that's funny that you mentioned that ride along. But we're two. Uh, you know, it's almost like comedians in cars getting coffee. This is like two cops retired cops cars, um, telling jokes. Yeah, <laughs> getting, <laughs> getting donuts. Getting, getting Spanish food. Yeah, getting donuts. <laughs> getting Spanish food. I fucking love it, guys. Uh, I, I get, we got to wrap up, but great I gotta show. Uh, it's great a pleasure show. having you Thank on, you, man. man. You're yeah, the best. Man. This is You're great. This Thank is so drinks, much. jokes, and storytelling.
Last call. Thanks for listening to Drinks, Jokes, and Storytelling.